Hello, welcome back to The Shift. It's just Des here today for a Love is Blind bonus episode. If you're just a Love is Blind fan that happened to find us randomly in your search for Love is Blind extra material, then you're very welcome. This is The Shift. It's normally a sex and dating podcast with a bit of an Irish focus, but really just on the the big issues around sex and dating and love and I'm just somebody that stumbled upon Love is Blind and needed somewhere to go and talk about it so I decided to talk to myself while talking to you guys the listener about what became this episode which is really the first half of the 10 episodes of Love is Blind up until uh, sort of halfway through uh, when they're back in uh, you know when they're back in Atlanta so spoiler alert if you haven't watched Love is Blind this is not for you this is a bonus episode if you're a shift listener don't feel obligated to listen to this if Love is Blind is not your thing this is just straight up a little bit of extra for those that care um, before we get going uh it's Thursday. I'm in Cork. My shows in Cork start tonight at the Everman Theater. My show about my mom, Mia Mama. And uh, there's only tickets left for tonight. Very few. But if you do want to go, I suggest getting tickets for tonight. The show's been going great. So I know there will be loads of great feedback after tonight. And then loads of annoying messages from people saying, where can I get tickets for Friday and Saturday? Sorry, when I say annoying, I, I don't mean I'm annoyed by that. I mean, it's just frustrating that you will end up in a scenario where people want tickets after the chance that they have to get them. So if you hear this, get tickets for tonight. It's your last chance. Um, after that, next weekend, I'm in Wexford and Limerick. There are tickets left for those. And then my Dublin run starts for two weeks in the project. And there are tickets for during the week. There are no weekend tickets, though. So now let's get into it. It's just me chatting for about 35 minutes about uh, my thoughts on the first half of Love is Blind. The reunion episode is tonight. I will do another one of these in a couple of days when I process the rest of the information. Um, it's not a play-by-play. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not an episode-by-episode recap. It's just me talking about the, the big moments. It takes me about five minutes to sort of figure out that I should just focus on those moments. I was a little bit confused early on. Stay with it, and I think you're going to enjoy it. And um, if you're new to The Shift and you're just here for Love is Blind, I really recommend subscribing, giving us five stars on iTunes, and uh, leaving some reviews. And uh, enjoy. we got a lot of great episodes here. So if you're new... You're very welcome. And here we go. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. It's... uh. Katie's not with me, obviously, because, uh, well, she's in New York, and she hasn't seen Love is Blind. I asked her yesterday, and she was like, I'll watch it uh, on the train tomorrow. Uh, but I was like, no, nah, it's 10 eps. So I've seen it all. This is really for people who've seen it all. Uh, I'm not going to do, you know, episode by episode because it's kind of too late for that now. The reunion app is tonight. Reunion app is tonight. Which is kind of exciting. But I have to say, I'm like, I'm I'm mixed on Love is Blind. So first of all, let's just get into it. During those first, I guess, three episodes with the pods, it's hard for me to know which, which was a full episode or not, but uh, during the pod apps, I literally sat there and shouted at the television, this is the best fucking TV show that's ever been made. I mean, I, I literally, I thought that it, it was such a good idea. Good God, I was so into it. Um, particularly, I'm trying to think of the, the different dynamics that I really got into. Obviously, the main one was during the pod eps, Barnett was such a fucking, I'd, I'd like to call him a prick, but then at the same time, I think he was the only one that was honest, you know, you don't fucking, you don't fall in love with somebody that quick, you know, it, it doesn't happen, like, some of these people were like, I love you, it's like, I've, I've talked to you three times, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, I've had full-blown phone sex, you know, I've had, I've had full-blown phone sex with people that I never met, you know, like swipe right on Tinder or before Tinder, like maybe in a chat room. We've never met, but our whole thing has evolved online. We have full-blown fucking phone sex. I'm literally like blowing my load to the sound of them fucking getting themselves off. And I didn't feel love. <laughs> so the, the quickness upon which some of these people fell in love was fascinating to me. You know, like, oh my God, I... I love you, you know, reaching out to touch this, I love you, you know, Gianna and Damien, like, you fucking cry, now, don't get me wrong, I, um, I actually get the tears part, because I do think that it can be easy to, it can be easy to forget the experiments side of this, makes it, um, you know, it makes it, 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 uh, I, I think it heightens everything. And I have been in that situation where things are heightened, particularly if you know you're being filmed, the pressure, you're in the house all the time with these people. And, you know, I think when uh, when your whole life becomes the experiment, because you never get away from it, you know, it's that big brother house, uh, Love Island thing of it's all a bit much. So you're desperate for a connection because you're stuck with all these strangers. I do think that there's an element of that that goes with it. I would question maybe the producers did sort of encourage... Uh, uh, 
you know, hyperbole in terms of the expression of emotion. But uh, early on, Barnett was... The funny thing is that Love Island, everybody's ripped. Everyone's good looking on Love Island, largely. Whereas like, God forgive me for my shallowness, but I didn't think this was like the best looking bunch of people. And I thought that the women were... The women were a little higher than the guys. Uh, Barnett was obviously an attractive dude, but not like, not in that Love Island way. You know, like you, like he seemed arrogant on Love is Blind, but only because he was like the only one that sort of looked like he should have some sort of confidence about his looks, you know? Um... And I don't like making fun of people's physical appearance, but this show, you know, it's, it's love is blind, but we're the we're never blind, so we're seeing them all the time. Uh, Mark, Mark just looked too fucking eager from the get go, you know. You know, Mark was just like, please like me, you know. But he's twenty four, got you know, he was too young. He was too young to be in there, surrounded by all these feckin' adults and their with their life experience, you know. Um, and then, who else did we have? We had, uh, uh, of the guys, I should say. Well, Damien, Damien, Damien was fine. He had a very large head, uh, very calm, you know? Um, and uh, Kenny just, you know, Kenny's just like a nice guy, you know? But you kind of wonder, like, you know, the whole time. Oh, and then, of course, Carlton, which... You know, I really shouldn't even focus on going through everybody because there's really only a few actual moments that I really care about. Uh, anyway, I immediately disliked Amber. I thought she was just like the type of woman I would run a mile from with that just like overbearing personality. I, I hate people that sort of like, I'm not, I can't remember exactly what she said, but I hate people that do this thing of like, hey, I just can be offensive sometimes. That's just you have to deal with that. Like, as if they have no responsibility for their behavior. Like, like, like if you can't handle them, it's your responsibility. It's like, well, what if you're an asshole? Like, if you're an asshole, you have to live with that, too. You're a fucking dick. So, she, I, I disliked her straight away. Uh, Jessica, you know, I mean, Jessica was definitely one of the more attractive women, but there was something I wasn't wild about in her quite quickly she will be a big focus of these chats the the main focus of these chats will be what happened with carlton and diamond jessica and her alcoholism um g g g and her uh, insanity and uh mark's eagerness and uh not much else really other than um carlton or um, barnett's gameplay uh early on so um you know, uh, whatever. That, that's enough of going through everybody. You, you, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. So the first major thing that I want to talk about is Barnett and the fact that he had a number of women that were into him. And I feel like uh, it was it was quite interesting that despite the fact that Love is Blind, the best-looking guy had the most women into him. So you had... Jessica, uh, Amber, and LC, I believe, who is now gone from the show, which is annoying that these people that don't match up then disappear. Uh, and she was so confident, LC. So quickly, three women liked Barnett. 
Now, the biggest issue around that was that Jessica had made an early connection with Mark and was sort of sidetracked by Barnett, um, which was really the most interesting part of the pods, you know? Um, other than uh, Giannana or Gigi. We'll just call her Gigi because I've never actually, I can never remember how to pronounce her name. Uh, other than uh, the, their odd proposal, which was like, she was fucking with him on the proposal, which was quite entertaining, but also quite ridiculous. I mean, the way that she talked didn't seem like it was reality. You know, it was all very sort of dramatic soap opera language. <laughs> um and there was a lot of oddness around that, but hers, hers, hers was the oddest in terms of her soap opera speeches that she would make in the pod, and she was the the way that she carried on was the first time that I thought, I think this show is bull. I think it's bullshit. I actually think that we're being duped here, which I did question at times. Was this all fucking uh, a, a mockumentary? Um, which I didn't feel until. Uh, her speeches to Damien and then I was like wait a minute she's fucking acting you know um but uh, apparently not the case now you know through further investigation but there was a time where I started to I did google is love is blind real and I, I can assure you I was not the only one that was googling is love is blind real I bet you it, I bet you a lot of people felt it at that same moment that that Gigi starts our feckin' speeches in the pod Fucking Damien's crying. These people met only a couple of days, like, and fucking they're crying with each other in the fucking pod. And can we also point out that it was shocking that nobody fucking decided to choke one out in the pod? I would have thought that would be a guaranteed thing to do. You know, why would you not be, why would you not be phone sexing in the pod? Come on, of course you would be. Maybe they did and they cut that out. But, you know, after a couple of times, if I get connected with somebody, I'd be like, what are you wearing? If I could take it off. Um... Anyway, back to Barnett and his little love triangle. Uh, I didn't think he was doing anything wrong. I mean, the show was kind of making it out like he's being the player. But in actual fact, you know, you've never met any of these people. I think you're allowed to take time to make, to make your decision, you know? And I guess it seemed worse because three women were making a decision about him. Uh, sorry, he was making a decision between three women there was no other sort of, um, none of the women seemed to be struggling with who. He was the only one of all those people that ended up with like a who scenario. You know, other than obviously uh, Jessica with, with, with Mark and, and him, which, uh, which, you know, didn't play out with as much drama as it did the other way around, you know. Um, and... I guess Jessica had the biggest fallout from that because she sort of cut Mark loose because she decided that Barnett was her guy. Now, she cut him loose a little early, in my opinion. She should have just said, I'm not ready yet. You know, I, I don't understand why it's so hurtful to be like, listen, you know, even though I said last night that you're the guy, I just need a little more time. That That's all. All you got to say is I just need a little more time. But she sort of cut him loose, really. I mean, she... She broke his heart in the pod, this little 24-year-old fucking eager beaver, you know? <laughs> the 24-year-old Mark, his fucking eyes popping out of his head, 
you know? And he's like, he wants Jessica, which, by the way, was a good good pick for him, you know? And uh, I had a fair feeling that there was a shallowness to Jessica that uh, wasn't going to be super happy with Mark when they when they see each other. By the way, I, I, I'm sniffly, but I don't have the coronavirus. Um I thought you could get comments on this. I see there's some people watching, but we don't, we don't get comments, which which I which I guess is fine. I'll I'll, I'll check out some 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 comments uh, later. Perhaps there are comments, and I'm just not seeing them. Um. Uh, so, um. She cut him loose, which was uh, she jumped the gun, in, in my opinion. Uh, and. Uh, I just don't think anybody did anything wrong there, personally. And I guess for Barnett, it was the best choice. I mean, Amber, I could, I never in a million years could I, uh, would I, would I go for Amber? I mean, yes, very attractive. I mean, probably the most attractive. Personally, I prefer Lauren. Actually, how have I not mentioned Lauren and Cameron? Because they're my favorite couple. Uh, you know, I, they, immediately, Lauren was my fave. Um, so anyway, before I before I get on to them, let me go to uh, the fact that Jessica. So so then Barnett cuts Jessica loose. She put all her eggs in the basket, unloaded Mark. LC thought she had him. She gets unloaded, and uh, Jessica then drunk again tells Amber he's a fucking asshole. You know he's a player. And whether he's a player or not, you can't be. It can't be negative. You can't be a fuckboy. She called him a fuckboy. You can't be a fuckboy in a fucking pod. You're you're talking to fucking anonymous voices. You're allowed to take your time to make a decision. You know. So I think he was the only one that was like, you know, doing it right. You know, you want to make a hundred percent sure. You're gonna be fucking marrying these people. The ultimate response. So uh, that was the beginning of. Checking, uh, finding out that Jessica was uh, a bit of, a bit dramatic and also probably has a problem with alcohol. Um, and her dog can attest to that. Oh, there we go. We do have comments. Uh, yeah. So, so, so people commenting and saying it's a bit of a setup. I, you see, I, I don't really, I don't really, uh, I, I, I've Googled hard and I don't think it's a setup, but I think it's edited, uh, it's edited hard, right? So anyway, let's let's because because I've actually been chat for a while. So let, let's let's get down to the to the to the drama. Okay, so Barnett matches with Amber, uh, Cameron matches with Lauren, my favorite couple. Like straight away, Lauren, I'm like in love with Lauren. Straight up, they're married, uh, they're still together, by the way. Um, and again, you can't complain about spoilers here because this is a straight up spoiler fest. This is for people who've seen Love Is Blind before. Okay, so Lauren's my fave. Then they all, now they're all meeting up. But before they meet up, let's talk, let's set up the biggest drama of all. Carlton, who I kind of liked up until, uh, you know, the what happened with, uh, with with Diamond in Mexico. Yeah, I kind of like Diamond. She's like a take no shit dancer lady, you know? She's cute, you know? And, uh, you know, they're both black, so that's like seems to matter to both of them, so that's positive. And uh, Carlton drops on us. Is it Carton or Carlton? Anyway, he drops on us that he's bi, right? That he's had relationships with men in the past, which honestly, I think, number one, it's cool that he admitted that. And uh, I think it's interesting that it's such, but, but it's such a big deal for him that 
he doesn't say it in advance. Like, I can't believe that he left it hanging. Like, I would have thought he would he would say that up front. Like, now don't get me wrong. I don't think you have to say that up front. If you don't, you know, but the thing was that it was such a huge issue for him. He established that it's such a huge issue. Why are you not saying that up front? Why are you going to leave that hanging? You know, I think, I think you got to get that out there like straight away. So I think straight away he's fucked up, you know, because it's, it's worrying him and he's not uh, acknowledging it. So that's a problem in my opinion. That is, that is a big problem. So they match and then you have the tension of all these meetups, which is fucking great TV, man. Like fucking awesome TV. The meetups, the fucking tension, who likes who. You know, I thought it was obvious that Jessica wasn't wild about Mark. Thank God it was a while before they saw the people that they didn't get because that would create even more tension later on. Um, seemed like the majority of them were somewhat happy. I mean, I didn't there was there wasn't too many giveaways on the on the physical reaction. And Love is Blind did a great job of, of delaying uh, delaying the truth of who really liked who, you know, um, and I wouldn't have been happy with. You know, I, you know, I'm a straight up shallow motherfucker. Like I, I, I would have preferred if the attractiveness level was, was higher across the board, but in the, you know, in the end, I think it's probably better telly, you know? And, uh, so then Carlton matches with diamond and then they all head off to, uh, they all head off and, and like Amber's react, like they, they just fucking retarded. Like Amber was just too much from the get go. Uh, and then the big thing was. Carlton and Diamond, right? So this motherfucker uh, is like a... He's so different from the get-go, and he's acting so strange, you know? And it's almost like he's setting it up for failure, right? He's like setting it up. So he's already got her feeling weird. He's like saying this shit like, I'm a man, or whatever the fuck weird. He was just being strange, you know? And she was like, you're being strange. And I've been, I've been in those situations where... Like, I remember one time, I... Uh, I met this girl and we had like one date and then I happened to be going back to New York for a while. So I was like, Hey, listen, you know, you know, I'm not going to see you for a long time. So why don't you come to New York with me? You know? And, uh, she was like, yeah. So I flew her over to New York and like within a day I was like, God damn, this girl is a pain in my ass. And I, that, that, I'm not saying that she was bad or, or I'm bad, but we were a clash. But I was fucking stuck with her for a week, you know? And that is that horrible feeling that I was feeling for Diamond, which was like, oh, my God, I'm fucking stuck with this asshole. And then to add to it, that that that, that fucking, um, they're being filmed, you know? That's, like, intense, man. That is fucking intense. So uh, I was feeling for her. This guy's being such a dick. Plus, we all know. That he's got this thing that's fucking brewing around in his mind. And I also know, and this is a straight up judgment, but she's a black woman. And I know that within that community, that, you know, there can be like, it's, it's, I think it's more of a taboo within that community. And correct me if I'm wrong. I, I put my hand up. This is an, this is, this is a, an assumption based on conversations that I've had, but I feel like it's more of a taboo in that community. It's going to be harder for her to deal with. And, 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 and if I'm wrong, fine. But, uh, and he still hasn't said it. Plus, he's being a dick. It's almost like he's sabotaging. Like, like it's almost like I feel like in a way he wants the he wants it to play out in a way where he can maintain a, a, a sense of, of 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 victimhood around this. You know, 
And that's not to dismiss how difficult it must be for him. But at the same time, he made it more difficult than needed to be. And sometimes I feel like he wants to stay in that tape that's in his head that, it, you know, life's not fair. And it's not, you know, I, I'm never going to be able to be, a, you know, I, I feel like he set himself up a little bit, which, which you can do. So lo and behold, they're having this scene by the pool and he like drops it on her in a really sketchy way. And I've, I've looked up some stuff in the meantime and she thought he was going to say he had a girlfriend or he's married. You know, he was setting it up like, what the fuck is this? And then finally he drops it on her. I've had relationships with men in the past. Now, I don't care uh, what people say, but... Homophobia is real. Biphobia is real. People, particularly with men who say they've had relationships with men, society is not that understanding. All that stuff is real. But at the same time, you got to have a touch of, you got to give somebody a touch of space to be able to be like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Because even though I know it's difficult for, a gay man to come out and probably even more difficult for a bi man to just be honest with their partner that they have had relationships with men in the past. I think there's a lot of societal judgment on that. I got, I got all the sympathy in the world for that. But I also feel like in this scenario, you got to give her at least 30 seconds. She needs 30 seconds to just be like allowed to be like, well, you know, wow, I wasn't expecting that. This is weird to me. I've never encountered this. You know, she didn't even have time to ask many questions. She asked that one question, which people say is biphobic, because now there's like all this controversy online that she was being biphobic. She asked that one question is, how do I know that you're going to just love me? And I get it. Maybe that's biphobic, but it's the first fucking question you ask when you've never encountered this before. You've never encountered being with a bi guy. You're fucking confused. God forgive me for asking the ignorant questions, you know? When I interviewed uh, uh, Jordan Raskopoulos, uh, trans, transitioned to, transitioned to a woman. I, I, I knew him before, and he transitioned to a woman. And, of course, I asked one or two ignorant questions. What the fuck do you want me to do? It's like a brand-new thing for me. But Jordan didn't get upset at me. He just explained that that's like, you know, it turns out that's an ignorant question, but it comes from a place of ignorance. You don't fucking know. So if, she, if, if she's not allowed to ask a biphobic question when she's encountered this thing for the first fucking time in her life, then how the fuck, you know, how... How we, like, what's wrong with our society? It's like suddenly you're just supposed to get it? You're just supposed to fucking get it? You've, you've committed to this guy, you might marry him on this fucking show, and you're not allowed to be like, whoa, fuck, I've never, I've never encountered a bi guy before. What, you know, like, can I ask some fucking ignorant questions here and you can, you can educate me? No. You can ask one fucking question, and if it's not the right question, then you're a bitch. Fuck you, bitch. And I mean, he literally bitched on her. And of course, she's now said that she was, a little upset about her reaction. I mean, I personally think you bang out fucking Beyonce lyrics when this guy has fucking pissed you off. I think that's a pretty good reaction, actually. You know, I think that's a pretty good reaction. You know, and I, I think that people can confuse biphobia and homophobia with her reacting to the fact that this guy was being a dick, a straight up dick fucking asshole, man. And I like that guy up to then. And I actually had a sympathy for his dilemma, you know, because that's tough for him. He's fluid. You know, and all that I'm down with. It's like, I'm fluid. I don't think about gender. You know, it's just, I've been attracted to different people. It's not a case of if I marry you, that there's always going to be this thing in the back of my mind. Because, you know, in fairness, when you think about that, that makes sense that people would have 
that, that, that people's concern, would you fall in love with somebody else, is biphobia. Because the truth is that if he wasn't bi, if he was just straight, you still got the problem that he might like other women. You know what I mean? Like, like why, is it the, why is it that if he likes other men, you know, that that's more of a temptation than if he likes women? The truth is, he can fucking stray on you in any gender. It doesn't matter, you know? If he doesn't like men, he can fucking stray on you with guys, you know? In the history of fucking relationships, a lot of guys are straying. A lot of people are straying in their relationships, you know? So, so I can understand why people would perceive that biphobia is a real thing. Like, like why, would, why would it be if somebody's bi that they're more likely to stray? People are likely to stray regardless. Whether you like pussy or you like dick, that shit be tempting sometimes. That stuff be tempting sometimes. So I'm not buying all this heat that Diamond's getting that she's biphobic or homophobic. It's like, you fucking put a camera on you and deal with every fucking bombshell that's thrown your way in your life and see how you fucking react, you know? And, I, you know, I, I, I will support LGBTQ community all day in terms of the suffering that they go through. But come on, you got to have a bit, of, a bit of leeway for this woman dealing with this on camera first time, like bang. You know, she got some questions. You know, she's got to process that. You know, come on. That's not fair, you know. Uh, so that's that, I, I think. Oh, yeah, the last thing I want to say about that is, can we all just admit that there is 100% a double standard around bisexual men and bisexual women? And uh, hands up, I'll admit, because I've had relationships with... I had a relationship with a woman who was uh, like straight up with women for a long time, like not even really living by, just living straight up lesbian for a very long time. And then, um, you know, later in her life sort of came back to the dark side of the man and uh, we had a relationship and it didn't bother me in the slightest. And had she told me while we were together that she wanted to slip back over to the other side for a while, I'd be like, girl, you do your thing. And you come back and you tell me every fucking thing you did, play by play. So I admit that even that double standard exists for me in that if I put myself in a woman's head and their boyfriend said, I used to slip the other way or I slipped the other way, I would feel like that's harder for them to deal with. And that is a double standard. Hands up. I'm part of the problem on that one. And I think it's going to take some time for us to get more used to that. As if like sucking dick or fucking a guy is like more gay than being a lesbian. Like that's dirtier or something. And that's fucked up. That is straight up fucked up, you know? And, uh, so that's what's super interesting about that whole. That is a that is an interesting dilemma, I think. And um uh that was one of the things that got me wound up the most. Um and then what else was interesting in in Mexico? Oh, well the other interesting thing in Mexico is that you know, the whole Barnett, Amber, Jessica, like in the middle bit, Jessica, I just, it was so fucking sick. And let's admit it, that post-Mexico, the show gets really boring. Like, putting them back into those apartments was actually, like, a mistake. That was just boring. Um, 
and I think that if they do a season two, they'll fix some things. Like I think if they did a season two, there wouldn't be uh, there wouldn't be as many loose ends. Like fucking, fucking power to the people that just didn't make it through. Like that that the counselor dude. There was one guy I can't remember his name, but like every now and then there'd be a scene with this incredibly wise man talking to the guys about relationships, and you'd be like, wow, this guy is. I don't know, was he like a plant? Was he like a narc from the Love is Blind people to be like, encourage these people to uh, to open up on their emotions, you know? Um, and then there was that like large black lady. She seemed cool, you know, and then they just disappeared. So I hope Love is Blind sorts that out because I think we'd like, we'd like to know a bit more about some of the others. Um, and then they need to sort out like how to best represent them getting back into uh, into real life because that was, that was tough. And it was complicated too because it's like, We've gone from this, we've gone from this like, you know, more typical reality show situation, which is people in a, in an odd scenario, an abnormal, unnatural scenario. And we're watching how they deal with the experiment. And then we're watching them together in Mexico, but we're still, we're still in it, you know, just that then suddenly they're in their real lives and you've gone from reality show into documentary, you know, and it, you know, then then you have to like rely on, you know, how much the other people want to be involved. And clearly there were some families that didn't want to be involved. Then you have to decide how much of that and them not wanting to be involved is, is, is dramatic or worth exploring. Like it's just more difficult. And I think they just need to be a little bit clearer, which I'm sure they will be at season two on what works and what doesn't. And uh, that did get boring. I think they need to sort out the, the, the interim bit. But in Mexico... The dynamic with uh, Jessica Barnett and Amber was great because they just drank a lot. And uh, it was obvious that Jessica wasn't happy with her decision. And and there's nothing more unattractive than the desperate one. And she, despite the fact that early on in the show, I would have thought she was one of the more attractive ones, the desperation and the confusion that she took on became very unattractive and I, you know and I feel like in a way it was unfair and, and and this is a big criticism I have of this show is that they relied on alcohol for way too much drama and that is not fair you know I mean Jessica was loaded the whole time and when she was loaded she was being horrible sometimes and desperate and when she wasn't loaded she looked more stressed than you can than than is fair I mean again I take it back to that scenario where you feel stuck like, she's unhappy with her decision with this guy, Mark. She's not physically attracted to him. She's on a TV show. I think she clearly, I'm assuming that there, there must have been some motivation to stay. There had to be. Because otherwise, why would she stay? I'm just not physically there yet. I'm just not physically there. You know, it's like, you don't like this guy. Just fucking admit it, you know? And then they're all banging and fucking Mark is like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like, uh, that's all good telly. But as far as Jessica goes, it just looked like she was really suffering. And, you know, I, I, I had a problem with that. You know, I really had a problem with that. You know, uh, I, had a, I had an issue with how uncomfortable she seemed for so much of the show. And... I felt bad for him, too, because he was 24 and he was clearly clueless or chose to be clueless about how it was never going to work out with this girl. And it's one thing to be like, 
yeah, I don't know how it's going to go. But it's another thing to be like, I'm so certain. I love this woman. She's the one for me. And she's like, she's just like, oh, every step of the way. And I, God, I've been there. Like, you know, that sense of like trying to, you know, I'm sure people can identify when you're, 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 you're in a scenario where you're stuck or maybe it's late in the relationship and you're, you're over it, but you're not ready to say it's over yet. And you have to sort of like, you have to pretend to care. Oh, God, it's so hard. It's so fucking hard. And whatever other shit she's got going on emotionally, she was just down in that wine, you know? And and and, 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 and early on, the, the drunkenness, usually the drunkenness would bring you to be like, fuck it, let's bang. But the drunkenness for her was basically just being like, I'm going to be an asshole, you know? Because the whole time she wants Barnett. And then you got Amber, this fucking toxic bitch who's like, you know, trying to make Jessica more uncomfortable, like all over Barnett, you know, at the bar, drunk all over him, like spraying fucking cat pissing all over the place. Fuck, making sure that fucking Jessica smells her fucking success wherever she goes. It was sick. But great. Great TV. <laughs> That's the problem, man. I'm such a hypocrite because... The booze thing was making me uncomfortable. Like, I felt like this is not fair, you know? And, like, this thing was filmed in 2018. Like, were these people aware how popular this thing was going to be? Were they aware that some random Irish-American comedian is going to be talking about them <laughs> in two years' time, you know? It's a fucking mega hit. And we've seen this problem with Love Island, you know? There can be a lot to deal with. You know, I hope that that Jessica is going to be okay because that stuff in the middle was was pretty shitty, you know? And and I don't know what the motivation was to keep her in it, but I was really questioning why she stayed in it, you know? Like a lot. The other Mexico thing that uh that I thought was uh fascinating was uh that Gigi, who was like this soft little cute little Venezuelan, turns out to be just like a dragon, like flipping on a, on a, on a dime on the boat with, you know, Damien. Uh, and, and that's just like, it was amazing to watch. But that was another time where I was like, this is fake. She was the one that kept making me think it was fake because I thought nobody could be as crazy as this lunatic, you know? She was just giving him a hard time all the time, you know? And God forgive me, I was really thinking about some stereotypes about the Latin American ladies, you know? They're tough, man. They're fucking passionate. Woo! Man, she was letting it out. She did not have control over her emotions. And I don't know... I don't know... Uh, I don't know if that was driven by the fact that, you know, she didn't really like this guy or what, you know? But, I mean, they were fucking straight away, you know? Uh... So that was pretty fascinating, I have to say, how he tolerated her nonsense. And then she's like, I don't have the butterflies anymore. It's like, bitch, the fucking butterflies, the butterflies always go, you know? And maybe that you feel like they've gone a bit quick, but you fell in love a bit quick. You knew each other three days, <clears throat> excuse me, you knew each other three days, whatever it was, and you're fucking getting married, you know? Now you're on a fucking honeymoon before you get married. And, and, and then by the time they're getting the apartment in Atlanta, she's like, I don't have the butterflies. It's like, of course you don't have the fucking butterflies. Your relationship's on fucking fast forward. You're already in a fucking crisis in your relationship in fucking week three. Because everything's fucking on like a... That's the whole show. So of course you got no fucking butterflies. That shit ends quick. 
You've been on fucking fast forward from the start. So that was that was pretty fascinating. And then Kelly and Kenny, I've always found I found them pretty boring, you know. And uh, she strung him along the whole time, not banging him, which was uh, hilarious because I felt like she was like the little deluded on her options. He was a nice guy, you know, maybe a little pointy. I don't like I don't like talking about the, the people physically, but in, in that situation, it seemed like she struggled with the physical, you know. Uh, so uh, I was surprised, actually, that uh, she she remained distant and that she was uh, that she was struggling. She wasn't like I liked she's cool, but she wasn't my 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 favorite. She wasn't my favorite character by any means um but i think what i'm gonna do is with this is uh i'll leave it to the sort of like to when they're all in the apartments in atlanta and then i'll do the i'll do the the, the weddings and stuff at an, after the reunion i think because well first of all i'm wrecked i have a show tonight and we, we've talked about quite a lot uh you know I think what I'll finish with is, uh, you know, I don't think it's fair on the families. And I think that was another, that's another criticism I have of the show is that, you know, when you're like, like I did Dancing with the Stars and I know it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a total comparison, but when you're in the middle of a, of a show, like a reality show like that, it's all consuming or comedians that do Edinburgh will tell you. The importance of what you're doing gets gets elevated in your head to a very unnatural level. And people that are not in it cannot understand. And, you know, you don't need them to understand because it's your job, you know. So I didn't need people to understand how obsessed you get with, with the dancing and how close you get to the people involved and, and how it matters so much more than it should while you're in it, you know. But the one thing you know when you're out of these things is that very quickly it disappears. Like every Edinburgh Fringe Fest I've ever done, it's like so important. And the reviews and, you know, people talk about, you know, like, did you see somebody got a review? And like, you feel like, oh my God, it really matters in this, this little microcosm that you're in, you know? Then you go back out in the real world, nobody gives a fuck. Literally nobody gives a fuck, right? And they don't have to give a fuck, you know? And nobody really cared about Dance with the Stars. I mean, I was devastated when I got voted off, but nobody really cared. Nobody cares, you know? But it's so important when you're in it and you understand why it's important and you know. And I feel like with Love is Blind, it's so normal to these people very quickly that they're going to meet in pods, they're going to get engaged, and they're going to believe in this love. They're going to believe in the process because they're in it, you know? And they're talking about it all the time. And everything's on fast forward, so they actually believe that this is real. And then they take it outside, and the show incorporates the outside. And these people on the outside are just supposed to be like, yeah, the daughter that I raised is now marrying this fucking stranger that she met on a show. Yeah, my son is going to marry this fucking lunatic, and I have to just embrace this on camera? I don't think that's fair. You know, I don't think it's fair the the way that the families get incorporated. And that that is my problem with this show is like it's fucked up. That's why it's so good, obviously. But it's fucked up. That part. 
And, you know, I, I don't think they they I don't think they gave enough airtime to the families to be like, can you stop with this bullshit? What the fuck are you doing to my family? You're like, I think that would have been better, Telly, to be like, come on, man. This is not right. This is not right. You know? At least to just have the honesty of the ridiculousness of it. That now suddenly we have to fucking get ready to hand away our daughters and our sons to a yes or no at the wedding. You know? And, 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 you know, especially in the case of Lauren's dad, you know, and some people message me being like, why don't you talk about the fact that Lauren's dad is a racist? And like, anyone who says that doesn't understand the plight of the African American. Because, you know, if you're Lauren's dad and you've come through what he's come through in terms of watching relations between, uh, you know, watching the way that, you know, African Americans are treated by the institution, uh, you know, by the American, the, by the state. It's very easy to distrust white people. And a distrust of white people based on evidence is not racism. I mean, you of course, you can be black and racist against white people, but having a distrust of uh, white people is rational. It's not racist. It's rational. And it takes more than one generation to, uh, to believe, it, you know, that, that it's worth trusting these people. You know, it's unfortunate that he has that, but I think it's rational. And, but I think if you add, uh, if you add to this rational distrust of white people, if you add to that the fact that your daughter has randomly met some white dude on a TV show and within a couple of weeks is coming to you to say, I'm marrying this motherfucker that you've never heard of before. I got to think you have every right to be like, what the fuck? You know, and I got to think. Well, I think it was actually healthy that from the get-go, Lauren basically said that, you know, there's elements of the fact that this is an interracial relationship that's going to be difficult. Like, why are we going to pretend that that's not the case? It's the fucking case. So that's great. We're going to deal with that. But let's fucking cards on the table. This is going to be an issue. And I actually, I liked his reaction. I mean, some people thought it was a bit fake that maybe they ramped up his his seriousness. And maybe they did. They probably, listen, the editing is, like, editing is sick. There's so much sickness. You know, you can edit these facial expressions and ramp up the Jessica Amber thing, ramp up Mark's desperation, you know, ramp up Gigi's fucking insanity, you know? Uh, you know, there's, there's just so much that, that, that you can do with the editing. So maybe they did over edit uh, Lauren's dad, but I felt for him to have to sort of give these reactions. I thought he did a good job. He's very calm. And it's, you know, I mean, you could see it in his face. It's like, this is fucking crazy, you know? And obviously you feel for them more than when they're sucked into the weddings, which I'll talk about another time, you know? I felt for him, you know. It's his daughter, man. I know that he's divorced. And, you know, the mother was cool. You like, you know, the mom. You know, you met the mom. It was cool. Like, I felt for all the families, actually. I felt for all the families. Because it's a big deal. You know, when your, your daughter's going to marry somebody. And, and you're taking that special moment. And you're turning it into a show. That's like, that's a lot to take. And, are, you know, 
is the show Love is Blind, are they responsible enough? For me personally, with the alcohol and the way that they just throw the shit onto these families, I don't think they are responsible enough. But on the flip side, I think that maybe in one or two of the cases, they may have given a more special moment. But it's that's a risk, and that's that's a big risk to take on these massive moments in people's lives, you know? Marriage is up there, birth of a child, marriage, death of a parent, you know, whether happy or sad, these are the big moments in life, in a family's life, and you're right in on that. That's a lot. So I felt for Lauren's dad, you know, and the dreams that he would have had his whole life. I mean, he raised that girl from a child, you know, playing with her, telling her right from wrong, you know, and she's so beautiful, and she's so bubbly, and she's such a nut, you know. She really is a great woman. And Cameron is a great guy. But it's still a lot to, to, to just accept that you then have to be like, yeah, I'm going to be as happy for you as I would be if you told me that you're marrying the guy that's been over for dinner 50 times and I've gotten to know and I trust. And he's part of the family, you know? It's tough. It's tough. You know, and that is that is the voyeuristic nature of television. And I got to admit, it was fucking fascinating, man. It was fascinating. And we slowed down on the highway to look at a car crash. And we, we have a good look between the cracks to see if somebody's lying in a stretcher and it's fucked up. And people share horrific images of violence that's happened. They, they, they share beheadings and dismembered body parts of people in the news and we're fascinated by serial killer documentaries you know it's it's the voyeuristic nature of of modern life i mean i guess it's always been there from roman times and fucking people being eaten by lions it's in us and this is another example of it and it's entertaining and I, I am guilty of, of indulging in that entertainment. But I have to say, I struggle looking back on the, the ethics of it. Uh, but I am not a model citizen. Because despite those ethics, I will be fucking knee deep in that motherfucking reunion. Give me it. Give me it. Give me that reunion. I want it. I want your fucked up lives to entertain me now. Give it. Uh. Give it, uh, give it, uh. So anyway, I'll be watching that. It might even be out already. So thanks, guys. Thanks for being on YouTube Live. For those that are listening, if you want to watch it, you can watch it on YouTube Live. It'll be up there. For those that are listening on the pod, thanks very much. We'll be back with our normal shift on Monday. Katie um, interviewed a burlesque performer. So that'll be Monday's ep. Uh, I'll be back on Monday for uh, intros and outros. Uh, if you're in Cork tonight, I start my uh, my three nights in Cork. Uh, there's tickets left for tonight, Thursday night, uh, at the Everyman Nia Mama show. Uh, my Instagram is at Des Bishop. Um, add me on Instagram. Uh, what else we got to say? Uh, Des Bishop podcast will be out today also. <laughs> I've been fucking podcasting. So I did a great interview with Brian O'Connell about, um, really, honestly, about death a lot and about giving up alcohol and about uh it's kind of about 
dealing with the guilt of a friend's suicide. So that that's like on a that's a very good episode, but it's on a different different buzz to this. So uh, yeah, so thanks very much, um, and uh, do five stars on iTunes for the shift and the Des Bishop podcast. Uh, leave a review, please, if you listen on Spotify or Stitcher or the Acast app. Do uh, take a screenshot and put it up. And uh, thanks everybody for uh, for watching live. And we'll probably try to do this more. If I did it on Facetime Live or Insta Live, we would have had more people watching. But I think YouTube Live is is better for for leaving it up there for the long term. You know, YouTube's better for the long term. Facebook and Insta is better for the initial hit, which is a good metaphor to come out on a show about Love Is Blind. It's all about the long term. You know, that initial hit oof, feels good, but you know, you chase that high, you're gonna fuck up your life. You know, relationships are more like methadone, just nice and steady. You know, you're going for that rush. You're going to be left out in the cold. Thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.